if you are interested in the property market, then this, the UK property market stat show is for you. My name is Chris Watkin. This week, I'm joined by Ben Madden as my special guest. We'll come to Ben in a second. The purpose of this show is to show you what's happening in the UK property market right here, right now. All the other stats that are out there, stuff like the Halifax Nationwide, are looking at the property market from two or three months ago. And stats from the land registry are looking at the property market from eight or nine months ago. We're looking at last week. And by having access to some amazing stats, we can tell you, the UK general public, estate agents, surveyors, and anyone else that's interested, what is happening in the property market, you will have an idea so you can plan everything and know what's happening in the property market. Because let's be honest, the British are obsessed with the property market. This week, we are looking at week eight. And week eight is Monday the 19th of February, all the way through to Sunday the 25th. We will be looking at the number of houses that are coming on the market, the number of properties being reduced, those that are selling, those that are falling through, and those that are going through to exchanges. We'll be looking at house prices. We'll be looking at rental properties. We'll be looking at rents and everything else to do that so we can have a great idea of what's happening in the property market. This week, I'm we've got Ben Madden returning back to show. He comes on the show every three or four or five weeks, and he is exceptional, damn good value for money. His insight is exceptional. He's very well thought of in the estate agency industry. And I know you, the general public of the UK, if you're not an agent, uh, you will love him to bits. Isn't that right, Ben? <laughs> you well, this show for uh, yes why not okay yeah I, this as i say I, I say this every time i come on the only reason i come on is for that 30 seconds it's just that's the dopamine hit i need roughly every five or six weeks you give it to me i love it thank you for having me on pleasure pleasure i know you like your stats and as i said i'm i'm a big stat man as well so ladies and gentlemen the, the the show today will last approximately an hour and it's split into two main sections the first main section looks at the UK property market and we start with listings, price reductions, sales, fall throughs and exchanges and house prices. We'll then move on and look at the rental market in terms of the properties that are coming on the market and their average rents and things like that. Then what we'll then do is we'll uh, move to the second part of the show where we will focus on a town or a city and really deep dive into what's happening into that local property market. We'll be specifically, can't say that word, specifically looking at the agents within that town and which agents are growing and which ones are, are not growing so well, the ones that are more successful and the ones that are not so successful. And this week we are going, oh, to the to down the M4, which again, Ben, you're from West London, so you'll be very close to the M4. We're going to the sunny city of Bristol. Do you know Bristol at all? Um, not, not. Not personally. Honestly, beautiful city, beautiful city, near the sea. Go and have a look. And Clifton around the bridge, it's beautiful. But anyway, less of our banter, ladies and gentlemen. Let's crack on with the show for week eight of 2024. Here we go. So as always, we start with listings and what I'll do is I'll just spend 30 seconds going through the numbers, Ben, and then you can give us your thoughts. Uh, the number of listings this week is 36,133. For comparison purposes, last week it was 33,600 and the week before 35,600. And as you can see on the white line here, the white line is the number of listings per week compared to the previous uh, week's uh, from the start of the year and you can quite clearly see here that it is comparable to 
17, 18, 19 and 23. Accumulatively, year to date, we're on 257,152 uh, properties onto the market from the from the January the 1st all the way through to the end of week eight. Average price of a property coming on the market is 142,980. And in terms of numbers, as I said, here we go, 36,000, which again is the highest figure compared to other years, although 18 and 19 were very similar. Okay, what's your thoughts on listings, Ben? Well, it's great news. Um, we, 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 as you know, we track London. Our business is London, a million pound plus sort of property market. Stock year on year is up about 10%. Um, not you know, not going to be presented the same as the national picture, but we're very pleased to see stock levels increasing. They're not wildly high. They're not so high that it impacts pricing, in my view. Um, but it's a positive after last year. And yeah, I think is going to put enough. No, enough is not the right term. It's going to create the opportunities for more business to be done, which is what all agents want. So I think it's really good news. Again, ladies and gentlemen, the number of listings and conventionally the number of properties for sale is very important because if there's too many properties coming on the market, and more importantly, if they're not selling, then we're going to have too much supply and that will drag prices down. Just to give you an idea at the moment, there are approximately 550,000 properties for sale at the moment. We won't have the exact figures until the end of the month. So uh, come back um, in early March and we'll have the exact figures, but we can tell pretty closely it's around the 5, 540, 550 mark. Uh, to give you an idea of the number of properties that were for sale in uh, March, uh, Feb, March 2008, it was 1.4 million. So you can see there that if there's twice or three times as many properties for sale, then what that's going to do is too much supply, not enough demand. Everyone knows in economics that that's going to affect prices because the price, that's what, that's what in essence, what brought prices down. So if you, again, I've, I say this a number of times, ladies and gentlemen, but what I, my advice to you, if you want an early warning system on where that property market's going, then do a normal right move search. Other portals are available. And just do how, you know, just a normal search, whatever search term you use, how many properties are for sale? And then click the little button, include source of the contract. That'll take the number up. And then just follow those two numbers, both the numbers themselves and the ratio of between the two. And that will tell you over a two or three or four month period where the property market is going. It's a great, great way to judge the property market. Any more on listings before we go and have a look at price reductions, mate? And so roughly speaking, sorry, just want to summarize what you just said 550,000 properties currently available on the market and yeah. so we're looking at 36,000 last week so roughly 7% market growth in terms of instructions coming to the market we'll get to the under offer position but that that's 550 available or currently marketed which could include sold subject to contracts that's currently available okay interesting but remember and when did you say the 1.4 million stock position was to 2008 q1 okay yeah okay Okay, very but, good shape then. Very good do, shape. But do remember that 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 it got down to. Uh, this is. I'm just looking at my numbers here now. In the back end of 2021, it got to as low as 360,000. You know the dearth where there was no. Mm -hmm. uh, the carnage. Yeah, where where there was no properties coming on the market, 360,000. So again, there's a there's a what we call a Goldilocks, not too little. Not too mm -hmm. much, just just perfect. 
Yeah, right. we're in good shape. We are, in, we are in good shape. But again, ladies and gentlemen, again, people say, well, what, what, you know, is the market going to drop or not? The purpose of this show is not to talk about whether the property market is going to drop or not. We're just telling you what's happening now, okay? But in terms of what is going to happen, you know, what, what is happening, this is the data. Have a look at it and then make your own decision. But a massive one in terms of house prices is that stock level. So do remember that. Anyway, let's get down to price reductions. This week, we have price reduced 19,240 properties compared to 17,000 last week. But again, it was half term, which means that, uh, you know, the week before. So, you know, 19,000 this week, the week before it was 17,924, the week before 18,800 which does mean that we are reducing, on average, one in eight properties that are currently for sale a month. I but it also means, roughly speaking, as a ratio, for every every property that comes, to, for every two properties that come to the market, one is being reduced. So that's good news. That's that's strong. But again, is there should you be putting it on the market at the right price at the same time? But again, that, that's a that's a discussion. <laughs> well, uh, how long you got? Yeah. Moving on to gross sales, the white line, as you can see, is 2024. And we are well ahead of 2017, 18, 19, and 2023. Give you an idea of that. We have sold submit the contract since the 1st of January, 174,450 properties, compared to 157,500 in uh, the year to date, 23. And again, when you consider that, you know, look, the 17, 18 and 19, they were around the mid 160s. And let's remember in 2020, it was 178. OK, COVID hadn't hit yet and we were on the Boris bounce. Yeah, Boris bounce post-Brexit. That okay. was a busy period. Yeah. So to say that we are almost neck and neck with the Boris bounce is exceptional, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it... it... The reason it's exceptional, though, is because of 2021 and 2022. You know, you if you get into averages, absolutely insane two-year period. Um, and to have only had a drop-off that's what that appears to have lasted 12 months, um, with everything that's been going on, um, inflation, cost of living, wars, starting left, right, centre, all these things really negatively impacting our economy, it is astonishing, actually. It is a really, really powerful piece of data to say, look, guys, we've had a really rough year. We've come out extraordinarily resilient. And we're still at 174,000 gross sales after a 201,000 and a 223,000. That is amazing. It really is. Excellent. The average price of a property selling is £350,000. We'll come back to this in a second. And there is the number of sales, 25,437. So you can compare that with the other weeks, or, or other week eights. This is you lot in bloody London, mate, messing these figures around. But the bottom line is this. The red line is the average price of a property coming on the market. The orange line is the average price of a property actually selling. The lower price properties have a higher propensity to sell, which means that that's going to drag the average down. And it's the gap between the two that we're watching. Uh, to give you an idea, the gap this week is 26%. The long-term average is 16 or 17%. There's, there's the numbers there. Again, comparing the average price of a property 
selling 350,000 versus the average price of a property coming on the market, 443,000. Any thoughts on that? Just go back a couple of slides, Chris. Let me just see where we are. What's interesting is for March 24, it looks like sale price is coming down, but average listing price has had a little is sharp a bit there. Um, I mean, a lot of this is driven by bigger houses coming on market. You see this big lump here. That's you lot in London because you've all been to Provence or wherever you posh people <laughs> in London go. And basically everyone in London in SW and W dumps their big one and a half million pound terraced houses on the market and it whacks that average up. Really interesting. You it lot, is interesting, yeah. You, it, lot it, in London, you lot in London go on holiday for all of the summer. The rest of the UK just carries on with the normal estate agency market. But you lot bugger off. When you come back, you dump all your posh houses on and that's the big lump. lump ski jump there interesting isn't it it is interesting yeah I, we you know i said to you before we came on the show things get a bit insular in your own business and you know we track london um and a lot of different data points we've got our own business we've got you know micro markets that we track the data and then i like i like the whole london picture um but you know as you pointed out recently in a text to me there is a world outside the m25 yeah there and is it's, it's so difficult and i think agents in general really have difficulty uh understanding that their world is you know you know the old classic right every you know that won't work in my town well it will it will work every town has a different set of circumstances every location a different set of circumstances but the application still fundamentals don't change and i think this is a really good i mean that's an astonishing piece of data if it's september 23 that spike is all london <laughs> i mean i'm I, just to be clear i do not represent every agent in london so you know tarring no, you, me with that brush no, uh, you actually know what you're talking about yeah maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> that don't, don't other other agents that know what they're talking about in london do but it is quite funny how a lot of london agents don't the, the world ends at the m25 mm, for sure yeah. yeah i mean i i whenever i'm in any session or or any talk or any anything it's i think you're just it's really important that you say in our area this is what we do these are the conditions this is how we get best practice as opposed to you know and you would have heard and seen these guys that say this is how you do it and this will work here there and absolutely everywhere and you think you're not you're not you're not familiar enough with the data with the market with the position um we've got such extreme examples that could be three miles apart one town to another one is an extreme buyer's market and one is an extreme seller's market I think it's so, so important to understand the differences. Um, I'm waffling on a bit here because it's caught me off guard with just how extreme that point is come September 2023. Uh, but you're right, in August, London closes for a month. It's insane. It really does. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You learn something every day if you watch the property show. Right then, let's go through the sale fall-throughs. And uh, this week, in terms of fall-throughs, we've got... Um, 5,179, which is a fall through right now. Again, let's just have a quick look. All of a sudden, we've got an uptick there because last week it was around 4,000 and up to five. So the Doomongers, here's your, here's your Doomonger alert. Whoop, whoop, 20% increase in fall throughs. Yeah, because we're an ultra low figure there. If you look around, around 5,000 is about normal. Okay, that's this is the important thing, the percentage of fall through so this week it's the number of gross sales which if you recall is and we'll just remind you 25,437 
divide it, and then we divide that by the number of fall throughs or the other way around, 5,000 to, uh, sorry, 5,179, hey presto, we get an average of 20.36. One in five sales falling through, considering that most people think it's one in three. That Look at that long-term trend. Again, just ignore the spikes, they're Christmases, the numbers are so low that it, screws, it makes muddles the figures up. Everyone remembers the quasi-quartile um, budget of around 40%. Let's look at the long-term trend. Back in the summer of last year, she was around 30%. Now she's hovering around the 20% mark. Again, this is an important factor for you to keep an eye on the market to see if sales are falling through. As you can see here, they were falling through in Q4 where after the budget. Thoughts on fall-throughs? I, th I think look, the, you, know, you said a uh, doom-monger alert. We talked about this specific data in training last week that with um, the aborted rate being the lowest it's been for, was it eight years you quoted last week? So um, it can only go in one direction from there. You have to expect that it's going to increase ever so slightly. And I think you have to give appreciation to the, the, the timing. So if we are, if we consider that in the first two weeks of January, not a lot of activity, you know, people getting their life back in order, getting their head in the game, sending the kids to school, working out what they want to do, deciding where they'd like to move to. So they start registering to buy a property in the middle of January. They probably look to go under offer early to mid February. So it's very rare that the sale abortive rate is going to track, you know, there's a lag, right? So if you go under offer late in January, early in February, you very rarely, I mean, very, I mean, I guess, good agents out there know that you lose a deal very very quickly or it normally takes time and so i think that's what we're we're going to see here that they there's a, been a really positive start to the year in terms of under offer that mid-january point up to where we are now and so fall throughs have to increase because there's more in the pipeline to go um and yet yeah, spring around the corner more properties coming to market more conversations yep you know my advice to agents once you've put a property under offer lock it in with gazelle don't allow any wiggle room. Okay, um, they, and they, uh, that's a reservation agreement. Other reservation agreements are available. Uh, I have to say that. Um, but, but they are absolutely fantastic. And the fall-through rate on those is single digits. So do bear them in mind. But as I said, other reservation agreements are available. Uh, Gazelle is very, very good though. And I can say that because Brian's a friend of mine. And well, I can say we use it in this business, Chris. If the average fall-through rate people believe is one in three, Currently, as you're showing with data, it's one in five. Our, us using that product, it's one in 14. So, oh, it, you know, it, it's an absolute no-brainer. It's not bulletproof. It's not perfect. But I would advise everyone just have a conversation to look how it works and, and shore up your business. Uh, protect your pipeline. That, that product for me really, really works well. Excellent. And again, just uh, what, what, before we leave this graph, the, you can see that the base level is around 20%. And then she started to go up in when interest rates started to be go a bit higher and things getting a bit hot under the collar. So that's why she went up to 30% during the inflationary times, then started to drift downwards, ignore. And I said, I suspect that we'll be hovering around the 20% mark. Keep an eye on that one. Now let's move on and look at net sales. Net sales are the number of gross sales this week, less the fall throughs equals net sales, okay? The white line here is 2024. The orange line is the average of 17 to 19, and the pink line is 2023. And you can see that we're ahead of those two. We, no one would expect us to be ahead of 2021 or 22 net sales. 
So again, you could say, well, hold on a second. Why, why are gross sales slightly ahead? Well, because the fall throughs was lower in, uh, in Boris's, uh, you know, that was for a few months. So that's why the net sales are going to be higher. Gross sales are higher now than the Boris bounce. Net sales are lower. Okay. I'll tell you what, Chris, sorry. That net sales position, snapshot in time, where we are now, last four weeks, is better than the average, I would, it looks like, than the average for the second half of 2021 and 2022. There you go. That is, that. I mean, that's a hell of a piece of data to look. We are tracking um, our current data, our current under offer position or, or net sales position, sorry, obviously, better than two of the best years we've had in a very, very long time. Second half of the year, that's that's quite compelling i think indeed and again this is just just to show you that, that we've got the easter yo-yo coming up and they always dip up and down and that dip there is always um august bank holiday so um and again i think last year we had the royal coronation so we had three dips as opposed to the normal two so again just be aware of that nature and again the yellow line shows you what happened in covid so we can see we've still got another three or four weeks to go before COVID, the, when COVID hit in 2020. Right, uh, accumulation year to date, 135,000, which again is slightly below the 2020. So again, you know, we said there that here we go, this is week on week, is accumulatively, we are very similar to 2020, but you can see in 2020, it was a slower start. Mm-hmm. So you could look at this graph and go, oh, no, we're not as good as the yellow, which is 2020, but actually we're pretty close if you accumulate them. So again, it's looking at the data in different ways and just picking out the, the real story. Net sales, as I said, 20,258. A couple of graphs. Um, price changes as a percentage of listings. You said uh, one in two, which is 53. There is, damn it. Well done on that one. And gross sales as a percentage of listings at 70%. And again, the long-term average is 76. Any thoughts on that before we move on? No, I mean, I, I, this data um, is obviously a national picture. In London, currently, we're looking at, um, again, million pound plus. Year-to-date, year is about 36%. Yeah. Um, so, you know, London doing its best to hold back the quality of your data and the quality of the performance nationally. Um, the rest of the country, you are welcome. I apologise on behalf of London and the way we behave. Well, you are a law to yourselves. Right, let's get back um, and get back to the graphs. Hold on, here we go. I've just got some more new stuff to share with you in a second. Okay, here we go. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a big metric which I'm a massive fan of is the pound per square foot on residential listings, uh, sales and exchanges. I'm not so concerned about the red line, which is new listings. I'm more concerned about the orange line, which is sold to the contract, and the blue line, the bluey green, which is exchanged. Okay. And if you actually notice that the exchange figure, which is which is what obviously is going to be the land registry in a few months' time, if you match up sold to the contract, exchanged, and then the land registry figures pound per square foot, which I've got the data, I just haven't put it on the graph yet. It's going to take a few hours to do then they do match up very closely, albeit with a, a gap of about three or four months here, well, no, four or five months here, and then another four or five months. But it is absolutely fantastic. So 
to give you an idea of where we are with these sort of figures here, uh, we are presently sold up the contract for February, and this is, uh, we still got another week to go, of £339 per square foot. Uh, last month, it was around 332 So, you know, it just shows you that and, that, and you can say, well, that's based on 94,897 sales, okay? There's going to be some sales that we don't have the square footage on. We get the square footage from the uh, from the EPC, match it up with the data from the portals, put it together, and then we create the, the, the data accordingly. Uh, let's just go back and get back to the graph. Hold on, there we go. Sorry, a bit bunged up today, mate. I do apologize. Okay, uh, next graph is uh, the number of properties for sale in the regions. This is a this is a new graph, and each one talks about the number of properties that are currently for sale. But the thing is there that this graph now, what I would say, ladies and gentlemen, is all of these graphs that you can see today are available for you to download. Okay, so if you go to YouTube to the description, all the way down at the bottom, there'll be a link and you can download these graphs and watch them and you look at the graphs in the order that we do and you can look at these graphs. What I would also say is this, these graphs are available for you to use internally and at your free valuations, okay? But not to be used on social media, please, okay? Now, that is all over the place and that's a difficult one, especially if you're on YouTube, but you might not be able to see this and you might want to download the graph. So I've actually done this. This is the change of properties that are presently for sale by region in the last 12 months, okay? And you quite clearly see here that in the Southwest, there are 26.4% more houses for sale today than there were a year ago. Uh, on Northern Ireland, there's less, but look, look at inner London, 4.49% less. Anything, well, any, you're, like, you're loving this. This is a new graph for you, isn't it? You've not yeah, seen just, it. just go back, Chris, just let me... Um... So this is, is this a snapshot in time? So properties on the market now versus the same time 12 months ago or 12 months worth of instructions versus the prior 12 months? Snapshot today okay. versus 12 months ago. Okay. Mm, interesting. You like that, don't you? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, so the above a million pound is up 10%. So that's interesting, which means the lower price properties are not coming to market as much as, it's the higher price stuff in London. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And just to give you an idea, so you know what's inner London, because everyone has a different inner London. The inner London is W, S, W, N, N, W, S, E, and the city postcodes and E. So all the, the, the standard postcodes. Outer London is everything else, are creating a donut around the M25. That's the bit where there's life above, over the M25, mate. I know you're not very good at that, but here you go. Anyway, got some more data for you. Have a look at this. Give it the to number, me. This is rental data. Okay. So, uh, right, is that in London? Right, because um, now let's look at this. This looks like one of those mealy flurry cakes. You know, the ones with the, with everything at the bottom. So I'm, I'm about to show you two graphs, the same graph. Okay. The red line is inner London. The yellow line is southeast. That's the number of... A, Average the number of available properties that were on the market per month. Okay, that is hold on, that is everyone leaving London in COVID. Mm -hmm. So what actually happened was I was I do buy to let presentations for estate agents and letting agents to attract landlords in. Okay, that's one of my daytime jobs. 
And what was interesting was, is that this lady said, my son's rent has gone up by 50%. And I said, I bet you a pound to a penny, he rented it in the summer of 2020. She said, how did you know that? Because average rents, which we're going to come on and look at in a second, average rents in London, because the supply went through the roof, dropped like a stone. But average rents in London have come back with a vengeance and gone back to their long-term level. Right, this graph here shows you everything apart from the South and London, because it was like that mini flurry cake thing. But again, ladies and gentlemen, this is available to download on YouTube. Just click on the link. You can download the graphs and you can use them. Just don't use them on social media, please. Okay, anything, in, uh, you know, I, it's fascinating. I mean, again, you know, if you were to say that the number of properties available for rent is, you know, not dissimilar to what it was, you know, in 17 or 18, you'd say, no, 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 it's less. No, there isn't. There you go. Right, okay. So here's the next one. This is the average rents per region. And, you know, we talked about the prices dropping. There's your price dropping in London from 2,700 to 2,000 during 2020 and then she's just gone back up again mm. okay whilst everyone else we didn't have the exodus now again you can say well there's an awful lot of stuff there chris i can't see the graph so hey presto what can delivers and what we've done there is that is what's happened to rents since january 2020 okay interesting isn't it very interesting 45 okay. percent in the southwest yes That's insane so again, with inner London, if I'd have done this, so this is this is Jan, that was January. If I'd have done this from late 2020, London, inner London would be up here. Because mm. it's all about where you set the date. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we might want to do that in a few weeks' time. So inner London net from Jan. So what happened? Jan 20, again, we'll just show you this. Jan 20, we're 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 up here. Okay. And then she drops like a stone. And then she's back again. And it's a 20% difference between there and there is where the figures come in. Mm -hmm. But who the hell's got £3,000 a month to rent on a property? God, that's my word. Yeah, rental pricing. I feel for the families. Supply and demand. I mean, don't get me wrong, but the number of people I know that live in London don't even go to all these fancy rest, uh, these museums and things because we've got no money. Come and live in the Midlands. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. You talk about supply and demand, Chris, though, but you've you've already proven that there's the supply is not necessarily the issue. I mean, supply will always be an issue when you've got when you're undersupplied in general. But if you look at what you're saying, 2017, 2018, not a huge difference. And actually, um, there's a good argument to say there are less people. I don't actually know this for a fact, but when we had our lettings business, tenant demand post Brexit, you know, there was there was a bit of a drop off. There was a, a huge uh, European community that decided the UK wasn't for them anymore. London wasn't for them. So that does make for interesting reading, actually, digging into that. I mean, you know me, my, 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 some people might not know, but my daytime job is I'm a statistician, property statistician, ghostwriting articles on local property markets to give to agents so they can publish them and make themselves sort of, uh, knowledgeable about the property market. And what we've noticed is this is that you know all these reports about average rents have gone up by x percent mm. then you then you know like 20 percent in two years then the ons will come out the office of national statistics and say average rents have gone up by five and then all of a sudden people say well how do the two match and what's happening is this the ons will take say a, a thousand tenants and just say 
what's your rent? Mm. And then they'll ring up the same thousand tenants a year later and say, what's your rent now? And what you've got to remember is this. Because there's a shortage of supply, price goes up. So now all of a sudden, everyone who's living in these, the, you know, like your what should that's gone from a thousand to say fourteen hundred pounds a month? The people on a thousand pound a month are not moving, okay? Because they say, well, if we move, we've got to spend a four hundred pounds, so we'll stay mm -hmm. as we are. Yeah, which then exacerbates the supply because these are the sort of people who say, "Oh, well, let's fancy a move," which then put that puts the price up. So now all of a sudden you have a two tier rental market where you got all the new ones going at the top price, and you've got the majority at this price. And you know as well as I do, landlords are not very good at increasing rents on existing tenants, are they? Because they like to keep them happy and better the rent devil you know. But these landlords are actually doing their tenants a disservice because they're not, you know, bringing them up because these tenants are going to be, going to get a shock of their life when they do move. Yeah, they? I mean, I, I, generally, I would agree with 99% of that. But in our experience over the last year, with what's happened to interest rates, even those landlords that are reluctant to raise prices have now had to bite the bullet. And they're, you know, at point of renewal, uh, we had a we had a, a small lettings portfolio that we looked after post sale of our our, our existing business, and um, the management of that portfolio was became almost impossible in London because at point of renewal, the increases were so significant. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's rough out there. It's tough. Also, I had a conversation this morning with an agent in um, around the Leeds area. She she does more business in lettings and sales, more a letting agent, but you know works on both sides and she said the leasehold issues are it's the doubling of leasehold charges service charges is causing widespread very very significant issues with landlords just thinking now's the time to exit you know we've had it rough for the last few years if our service charges are now doubling there's literally no margin left i've got an example you, you know we're based in chiswick west london lovely area if you, if you travel 15 minutes out, 10 minutes out of Chiswick, you, you reach a town called Brentford, which is where we used to be based. You visited in that office years ago. Um, nice little town, up and coming. It's been up and coming for the best part of 40 years. Um, interesting that they're rebuilding that town right now. And by rebuilding, I mean, they've knocked down the entire high street. There's lots and lots of new build apartments being built. And there's a development in that block, uh, in a block in that town that we're trying to sell for finding country. It's a reasonably high price point uh, for the area and I guess nationally. The service charge on this block, on this on this particular apartment, which is a, a two bedroom sort of sort of a penthouse, lovely, really nice, fifteen to twenty years old, so not new. The service charge is thousand thousand pounds a month. What do you get for a thousand pounds a month? You well, I can tell you what you don't get. You don't get a concierge. You don't get a gym. What you do that's, get that's is right for me. <laughs> pardon. That's all right for me. Go on. But you, that, you know, for a thousand pounds a month. I'm expecting a personal trainer. I'm expecting a concierge is going to open the post for me. I mean, it's just, I, I find that I, insane. You know, that's the, the average person. How can they possibly afford a mortgage payment, utilities, which, you know, they are where they are, council tax and another thousand pounds, please. So, you know, we had a, a really good conversation earlier because I say a good conversation. We didn't come up with any solutions. What's the solution here? Because landlords are exiting. Or want to exit um actually as a as a buyer of that sort of property maybe your first time buyer these scary lease um service charges are going to put you off buying leasehold so leasehold has got to get to a point where some sort of policy needs to come in to fix because it's in brentford again to you know i can only talk about my little area of the world 
75% of the housing in Brentford is apartments. So if this becomes a serious issue across all apartments, all the developments in Brentford, pricing is going to be pulled right down. And that will impact, you know, the 25% that are not apartments because the area will be heavily impacted by, you know, as being a market that's seeing price reductions when other areas are seeing improvements. So mm -hmm. it's it's a serious issue that needs to be looked at and addressed because it's, I mean, if if there's already an undersupply in the world of lettings, this is only going to make it worse. Fascinating, ladies and gentlemen. And again, London is very heavy on the apartments. And again, we've had this issue with the cladding as well, which has not helped. You know, particularly interesting is if you look at stock levels of houses versus apartments, they are like chalk and cheese. Thank you for that insight. And I'm sure as time goes on, we'll, well, we'll find out what happens. You and I can't solve such things, but at least we mm. can a, a light on it. Right. Uh, what we're now going to do is now going to go to Bristol. So hold your hats, hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, and let's go to Bristol. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be using two pieces of software. The main one we're going to be using is 20EA's Insights platform. 20EA is a firm that has lots of different platforms. We're particularly using their Insights platform, which is, in my words, like Rightmove Plus on steroids with a couple of Saturn V strapped to it with a glitter bowl and lasers coming out the nose. It really is truly exceptional. They have given me the software free of charge, so and they've not paid me to do this. I am a massive fan of it, as, it, as I know is Ben. My apologies for my nose. And... Um, what we do is this, is that you can have access to this platform. They they give free access to this platform for like a light package. And then if you give them some shekels, which is not a lot, but again, that's just my opinion, uh, you can have access to what I'm showing you for your local area. As I said, we've not been paid to do it, but the data is truly exceptional. We're also going to be having a quick look at Bricks and Logic, which is a data source where you can uh, look at uh, uh, an area and it puts data in a map form app. So uh, I don't know if I've, have I showed you that one, the, Brick, the Bricks and Logic one, mate? Yeah, I like Bricks and Logic. One of the guys in our team um, is reasonably obsessed with it, yeah. Okay, so the, again, let's just start off. So we're going to sunny Bristol. So let's just have, a, and we're gonna just change what's gonna be happening to um, house prices over the last five years, okay? So we're gonna zero in on sunny Bristol, here we go. And uh, I, I just find it, fat. there you go. So it looks like the center has probably gone up not much. And then it's the outskirts that have gone really well in the last five years. Um, and again, it's just the 10 year figures. So it obviously shows here that this is the nice, but this, this, this area around here has gone up in value. So again, we thought we'd just show you that. Let's just look at what's happened to rents um, in the last, uh, let's go to a rental change. Here we go. And we'll do the last five years. Chris, where do they get their data for the rental pricing? Um, scraping uh, websites. Oh, is that? Yeah, okay. Taking the address, then matching the same address next time, and then working out the difference. Then I think they do what's called a hedonistic regression model, believe they do, okay. which basically means is that they take the two data. Everyone's got lots of the same property, and they're matching the two, and then mm -hmm. you do some fancy stuff. It's uh, it's all staty stuff. Yeah, uh, it's cool. There you go. It is, it is really good. Um, also, the thing I particularly like about this, which again will be of interest to the letting agents concerned, is um, the where the properties with, you know, I'll just show you this, because as I said, I just do absolutely love this a bit. 
is that you can go and have a look. And again, you might say, well, um, why, why are we showing this? Because again, it's about the Bristol property market. And we're showing you, ladies and gentlemen, the Bristol property where everything is. So there you go. This is the number of the percentage of properties that are rented. You quite clearly see here that there you go. You can see the percentage of rentals, which again, I think, and this note, this scale moves up. And if you click into, you know, it actually goes down to street level, which I think absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it? Mm -hmm. So absolutely fascinating shows you where everything is so that's the percentage of of rental properties um i just wanted to just show that this is the this is the sort of stuff that i use um, as i said i'm a ghost writer i write articles about local property markets and i will use data like this and and write the articles accordingly but anyway let's move on and let's talk about the actual numbers because that's probably what the estate agents are really here for so for the purposes of this, we're using the 20EA Insights platform, like I've already said, and the postcodes that we're using for Bristol are BS1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, 10, 11, 13, 14, 15, and 16. That is looking at Rightmove and other sources, what basically the guts of um, Bristol is. Now, we do know for a fact, obviously, Bristol is set up into little flies eyes. And again, we'll just have a quick look just to show you this, Ben because there are actually some areas in Bristol that would put you lot in London to shame in terms of, uh, yeah, honestly, look at this. Have a look at this. Here we go. There's a real nice area called Clifton. Okay. So here we go. Average sale prices. And you can see here, there we go. The different, the average prices of the different areas. And look, and difference from 170 all the way up to 670 sector. And again, you can zoom, look at this. You can zoom in. And you're looking at average prices per what's called an output area. Uh, and so, Chris, did I see you can also look at it on a pound per square foot basis? Yeah, you can. You can. Again, there you go. Look Oof. at this. I know. Oof. Oof. <laughs> look at this. Dear, dear, dear. There you Zoom go. in. Let's see what let's see what we get to. Let's see how how outrageous the pound per square foot pricing is in Bristol. What we got? But you can go to street level. It will show you streets. Okay. So that, there we go. Let's have a look at this. So I don't know what that is there. You guys in, in Bristol will know. But again, the whole what you've got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, is, is that is that remember, this is what the Property Academy did with their best estate agent guide, where they interviewed a thousand vendors. And why did you choose your estate agent? And 36% said because they knew the local property market. Well, doing something like this. Amazing, isn't it? Anyway, it is, it is yeah. I mean, I, I love it. We, I was on with um. Sorry, that conversation was Sharon Sharon Core in 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 Leeds, but Adam Mackay was on it as well, and we were talking about um how agents and this is not a dig at agents per se, but how agents get the pricing wrong when they don't get into the detail and they're not looking at the pound per square foot when they're not using the data. They're shooting from the hip a little bit on pricing because they're being anchored by a consumer that's got a number in their head. And they're not using the data to support the correct position. And he had a crazy story that will be on the podcast in a few weeks um, where they, they were out. The, the three agents that have been working on it over the last two years hadn't reduced the price. And they were £75,000 out on what it should be on the market for. Bearing in mind, the marketing price was £450,000, Chris. That's a ridiculous uh position to find yourself in when all this data is available. You know, you oh. can't, there's no, there's no excuse anymore. Um, a small mistake, we all make them. Uh, actually, I've made some big mistakes, but not over an extended period of time. Um, there's when you've got access to this, you should be able to price correctly. 
I mean, look, look at this. This is gross yields. I wow, should, it's crazy. Actually, I should be on the payroll. And, and do not mention my name if you ring up Bricks and Logic. Do not mention my name. I don't get any kickback. I just, when I see something I like, I shout about it. And this is amazing. Just think, you put that in a box with the word Bristol Yields on. Awesome. The, uh, <laughs> people can't appreciate you doing the old there. But um, it, what else is amazing, which has got nothing to do with, with, with Bricks and Logic, is the amount of data that is available online for them to build this system that they're able to, you know, they're able to deliver a system that gives you this level of action on yields. That is phenomenal. It's unreal. Landlord, you know, I mean, this is an interesting fact is that if you go back to 2019, 4% of, of properties that came on the market were one with open rent. 12% today. Yeah, I, I, I saw that today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So landlords are not necessarily leaving. They're just, you're not giving value as a letting agent. Just mm -hmm. think about it, ladies and gentlemen, is this. All you do is ring them up with problems. When was the last time that you actually sat down and looked at their portfolio and worked out? The clue is in the title, an investment. Something that I teach my clients to do to attract landlords is to sit down with landlords and go through the, their portfolio and, and work out. Because I bet you a pound to a penny, they've probably got properties with other agents and bring them in, you know, to you, because that landlord, a landlord's looking for someone to look after their investment, not just collect the rent and tell them there's problems. Anyway. And, and Chris, though, a landlord is looking for you to help grow their portfolio more often yeah. than not. If you can find them a deal, I mean, like, you know, everyone works their own, their own portfolio, which I completely understand. But if you really want to amplify your business, grow your portfolio based on your existing customer base. Getting out there trying to find new customers is a lot more expensive than the database of customers you've already got there that have proven they're willing to invest. That is low-hanging fruit if you're willing to do the research and find great investment opportunities. There you go. Right then, let's uh, let's move on and let's look at the scores on the doors because this is what they're really, because you know what, what agents are like. They like to measure their willies and see how big they are. Right then, okay, so uh, we're using data from the 20 EA Insights platform and, we're, and basically, Ben, I'll just talk Please just cut across them when you see something you like, okay? All right? Absolutely. You ready? Go. Go. Here we go. Oh, be, oh I forgot to forgot to share this with you. Okay. okay. Oh, you know, I'm going to have to switch this back. This, this took a lot while to do, actually. Hold on a second. My apologies, um, Bristol agents. Okay. Year to date, 2023, 24 versus 23, in London, 18.98% more sales year-to-date compared to 23. Oh, my God. Um, and above a million pounds, I've got under offers performing 22% year-on-year. Okay. The, the sexy one that I like, so January 2023, sales agreed versus stock coming on. So the under-offer ratio, 31%. January 2024, 35%. And I know the rest of the country is thinking, you guys only sell 35% of what comes on, but it is what it is. The market, it, you know, there's only so much you can do. Culturally, that's how a state agency works in London. Not that I agree with it, but it's great to see that shift. Yep. Interestingly, ladies and gentlemen, in 2023, estate agents only got paid on 52.8% of the houses that they put on the market. So less of the criticism when we're only getting paid on 36%, eh? There you go. <laughs> right, let's just whiz through the numbers here. East Midlands, 15.6. East Anglia, 12.9. Northeast, 12.36. Northwest, 11. 
Northern Ireland 6.6, .6, Scotland 5.1, Southeast 15.8, Southwest 12.9, that's you guys in Brazil. Uh, Wales 10%, um, West Midlands 12.2, and Yorkshire and Humber 12.2. Okay, so that every single area in the UK, year to date up until the 26th of February or 23rd of February, is much higher than it was in 2023. And again, we just married that out with what we said. Right, back, we're going to go back to the start of Rooney's. There you go. All right, here we go. Here we go. So, since the 1st of January 2019, a total of 63,930 properties, nine, 908 properties, have come onto the market in Bristol, in the areas that I have said. The color bars show you the total number of new listings. And you can see here that uh, in 2020, see these, these blocks here, this is July, August, September. Those were the crazy months when everyone dumped their houses on the market after um, COVID. And you can see it made a, a massive jump. But interestingly, the number of properties that are coming on the market each month in 21, 22 and 23, are not too dissimilar. It, that's quite interesting. That that's different to most places in the UK. There's normally quite just a little bit more. Okay, so let's look and have a look at which agents seem to be performing. So let's have a just start off. So the average price is three six nine. Okay, uh, we'll remember that because then we're going to look at the upper quartile. Okay, is that second. when the goose drank wine? Hey, hey, hey. He tell you what, ladies, I mean, he's good, isn't he? Right, anyway, we're not coming to listen to our banter. There you go. Could, could, could you get a... What is it with them big bottles of water? Why don't you just get a little one and fill it up every time? There this we go. Is a, this is a big bottle that I fill up twice. It's, you know, I'm, I'm efficient in that respect, Chris. Oh, you must be going for a wee a lot of times. Right, here we go. <laughs> so 369. So let's look at CJ Hole. And it looks like uh, they're, they're a franchise network, uh, part of the uh, property franchise group. And it looks like their um, their market share seems to be growing. So well done on that one. That's that's quite good to see actually, because normally the mar the market leader, as Ben will uh, will attest, normally is doesn't seem to grow. It tends to be the big, and then they don't work. So just that's Chris, just just scroll down a tiny bit so we can just see the the bottom of the, the uh, graph. Just so we see the dates. Just maybe like a, a, an inch or two. Hold on. Oh, is that as much as it'll go? Oh, that's that, better. Yeah, that's great. That, yeah, that's that good. Better. Yeah. So if you put a trend line in there, they've been hovering around nines and now we're probably looking at around 14%. The average of 11 point, that's the average for the last five and a bit years. So that's really good. Let's go look at Ocean. Ooh, wildly We've, consistent. Yeah, that's good. Okay, at 350. So again, they seem to be middle of the road. Hunters, slightly lower. Again, Hunters are part of the property franchise group. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Slight so, drift, a slight drift, I would say. Not much, but yeah. a slight drift. Okay. Let's go and look at Andrews. Okay. It looks like they've had a not particularly good 19 and then have been hovering around the 4 or 5% since then. Okay. Let's have a look at Taylor's. Consistent. Yeah. Connell's. Again, consistent. Purple Bricks. Oh. Downwards, but again, that's matching the. Now, this is interesting. Keep in mind, Purple Bricks' market share is for the last two months has been growing. Just watch out, ladies and gentlemen. 
they are did you i don't know if you noticed that but they are growing mm-hmm. yeah i mean they've had the ups and down but normally the trend in the nationally has been down for the last four years five years they've had two or three months of decent growth so just bear that in mind ladies and gentlemen okay richard harding look ah look 668 they obviously a posh agent okay we'll remember that let's look at boardwalk oh yeah that's quite impressive Good for them. yeah okay let's go and look at elephant pretty consistent 537 so they looks like they deal with with the upper end properties house and co seems to be dropping slightly uh goodman and lily steady greenwoods okay savills okay again look at the price we'll go and look at the upper quartile in a second ladies and gentlemen hollis morgan consistent dw smith okay again must have must have that was during lockdown so not much was happening so it's a shame we can't see the the, the numbers because that spike it, it messes it up mm. okay mags and allen general trend upwards well done guys matthews estates general trend slightly downwards let's go and look at heart oh they seem to be drifting downwards allen harris i believe are part of the Connell Secrets Group, pretty standard. Brunton Fussell, Everly's, upwards, nice one, guys. Lees and Nagel, Holbrook Marin, and we'll finish on Parks and uh, Parks Estates. Okay, these are low numbers, so they're going to be a bit spiky. Right, okay, let's go and look at the upper quartile. So, Chris, sorry, just before we move on, CJ Hole, property count, count 8,008 units in the last, uh, what period is that? That's since uh, 1st of January 2019. Okay, so so we've got 19, 20, okay, so four years left, okay, 2000. Interesting, and that's going to be, if CJ Hall had two branches in the city. I think they've got a few, They're, it's like a franchise, it's like a fly's eye, very okay. similar, to, similar to Hunters as well. Okay, okay, so this will pull on the brand as opposed to the unit or the, the branch, so irrespective of how many branches they've got, okay, it's interesting. Yes. And again, we could if we wanted to, but we're not. We haven't got the time. We could zero in on different postcodes of the different branches and see mm -hmm. which ones are, uh, you know, some might be trading water, some might be dropping, some might be increasing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, sixty-three thousand. We're going to look. We're going to try aim for the upper quartile or the upper quintile, which is the twenty percent, and see which agent works best there. So sixty-three thousand. So half of that is thirty-two, thirty-one thousand, fifteen thousand. So we're looking for somewhere in the order of. 10 to 12,000 properties, and that will be the upper quintile. Here we go. Now that's particularly interesting. Well, I know I haven't gone to the upper quintile, but it looks like the, the agent of choice above a million pounds seems to be Richard Harding's. Um, I have come across them in my, in my past. I, I was really impressed with them. They're not a client. I, I don't have a client in, in Bristol, uh, but that does look particularly impressive. Okay, let's just carry on. Savills and Knight Frank, obviously part of the uh, bigger agents, more of a chain. And Rupert Oliver, CJ Hall, not bad actually. Come on, right, right, let's just go and have a look. Here we go. So we're going to go 600,000. Where does that take us on the upper quartile? 10,000. Okay, we're gonna, I'm not going to, I'm going to go 600 just for the, for the posh bits. And it looks like Richard Harding, CJ Hold, and Ocean Home seem to be the agent. Well, actually there's, there's a, Nice chunk there in the middle. A reasonable it? split, yeah. Mm, yeah, I like that. 
Now I could go here and have a look at sales, but we're actually going to go through to the next screen and show you that screen on, on, on um, how saleable they are at selling houses. So we'll go and have a look at that. Actually, what I will just do for a second is just look at stock levels. So I'll just do that. And this here just shows you the stock levels of properties for sale. Let's ignore that the, there's going to be a, a very close link between listings and stock levels. But you can see here that, you know, OK, let's do the last full month. OK, well, it's near as damn it. We're on the 28th. So we're near as damn it. So here we go. There were in February 2022, there were 2,433 properties available for sale in the Bristol area. And today, 3,366, which is a growth of about 40%. So again, use that stats. And that number will only grow slightly because they'll take the, 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 the total number of properties that were available throughout the month as the stock level. Okay. Any questions on this before we go and look at... No, no questions. It's interesting though. CJ Hole, fair play. Mass market leader and very strong at the top end of the market. Great indeed, work. Indeed, indeed. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this, if you are looking for a super weapon to prove that you are the agent of choice, then quite frankly, the next two screens, the gold is in, the, there, there are some gold in here for some of you. And some of you's potentially, you can be aware where you need to potentially improve yourselves. So most agents, this is a, like, this is a geek heaven, which let's be honest, myself and, and Ben are going to be in heaven here. Most of estate agents don't like spreadsheets. But I can't stress the importance, ladies and gentlemen. There is some absolute gold in this graph. So I'm going to move this to the last year, okay? So that's the 27th of Feb 23 to the 22nd of Feb 24. Okay. So we're looking at the last year. I want you to totally ignore these four columns of new instructions and sale agreements, which I know you'll be getting turned on by. So you just let's just let's just give them five seconds a moment to look at those numbers. Right, you've had three seconds. It's too long. Um, I want you to totally ignore the fall throughs and price changes. I'd like you to I'd like to just have a quick look at that whilst I'm doing my bit. You know what I'm about to do, Ben. So just see if there's any agents of choice there. The magic, ladies and gentlemen, are these two columns here: exchanged and withdrawn. Right. The, this is right. The only reason a property will leave an estate agent's book is either she exchanges or she withdraws. No other reason. Okay. So therefore, in the last 12 months, if you add up the total number of exchanges and the total number of withdrawns, that is the total number of properties that CJ Hole have left their books, of which 1,108 have exchanged and 454 have withdrawn. So this is the magic thing is this. CJ Hull have exchange contracts on 70.93%. So if they were going up against, say, Taylor's at 56 or Connell's at 46, you can say, Mrs. Miggins, you have a seven in chance moving home. If you went with Connell's, and I'm not calling Connell's in any way, shape or form. OK, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just showing you the stats. You have a less than one in two chance of moving. What's it going to be? And here is the independent data, ladies and gentlemen, to prove it. This is powerful stuff. Good to see that the top three are all in the 70s. The average for Bristol is 64. But there's some notable stuff here. Richard Harding at 80%. Well done, Richard Hardings. Hold on a second. Weren't they a posh agent as well? We'll go and do the upper quartile in a second. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're right behind CJ Hall, yeah. Okay. Now, normally, upper quartile agents are really shocking at their percentages. 
<laughs> they really are because the posher houses don't sell so much. So whether that's whether Richard Harding, well, let's we're going to have a look in a second, but just that is the data that proves that you are a better agent, that you're more likely to sell the house and get the people moved. Okay, we'll just have a quick look at everyone else. There's some good numbers here, House and Co. At 86. Well done, guys. Um, and there's some other numbers here, which are probably not as good. Uh, we've got Michael Nicholas at 87, but again, the numbers are quite low there. But again, nothing wrong with that. Just, just having a look at the numbers and just seeing what it's all about. Anything that uh, screamed at you about price changes? Uh, no, nothing that screamed at me. Um, Connell's 52%. Um, when you consider that their withdrawal rate is so high and their price change rate is so high, it screams to me that they're not valuing correctly. Well, it's interesting. We actually have a graph that proves all that, so we'll get to that in a second. I did promise you upper quartile, and upper quartile you'll get. So let's just have a quick look and see who's moving and shaking in the three-quarter million pound mark. Quite obviously here, Richard Harding. Oh, look at that, 81%. Mm. I tell you what, I'm liking these guys, especially in the upper quartiles. That is really, really good. And look at it. what's really... I mean, it's a fluke, I'm sure. 24 properties. So look at raw numbers rather than percentages. 24 properties under a price change and 25 withdrawn. <laughs> that's a crazy coincidence. Um, but yeah, that's a phenomenal conversion rate. 80% of everything they bring to market gets through to exchange. It's Indeed. Astounding. Okay, we'll just do this. Let's just have a quick look at how market share. We talked about market share. So this year looks um the market share of boardwalk was 4.4. So that's Feb 23 to Feb 24, they had 4.59%. And the year before that, which would be Feb 22 to Feb 23, they had 3.7. So it looks like Boardwalk have grown the most. Taylors, and then, as I said, Hunters and Goodman at the bottom in terms of their growth. Again, just important to see. It looks like Oceans, uh, you know, obviously that the two big daddy-o agents are CJ Hole and Ocean Home. But it's nice to see, guys, that you're doing really well on your numbers. And it looks like that Richard's, um, Richard Hardings are doing really well on their posh stuff. So again, round of applause to those. Right, let's move on and look. Now we talked about overvaluing. So let's just have a look and see. And this is actually showing me that Connells are not overvaluing. Interesting. But again, this is the old thing, lies, damn lies and statistics. But again, um, the data is, is, is considered gold standard. And anyone watching this, especially if you've got the corporates, they do have this bit of kit at head office. And um, let's look, CJ, so what are we looking at here? So for ladies and gentlemen, those that have not seen this before, I know Ben, you've seen it yourself. What's What they've done is they've looked at the last 12 months. So CJ Holder put on the market 1,832 properties for sale. And they've done an AVM or an automated valuation model figure on all of those properties. And they've done the same for every other listing, okay? Well, AVM, you might know it's a Valpal figure or a, a Valpal, Valpal is an AVM. There are lots of them around. One of them is 28. What they then do is look at what you actually put the house on the market for. And CJ Holes have put the property on the market for 1.16% on average over what they think the house is worth. The average in Bristol is 1.2. So there's some agents here. Now, again, Hollis, they've, they've gone under. What tends to happen with new homes or if you've got a piece of land that's been shifted, that does screw the figures up. So you sometimes you do have to take that slightly with a pinch of salt. And I think the magic here is just to just give a flavor of what this is great for bosses to see if your values are overvaluing. 
So, so Chris, can I ask you a question? Sorry. Mm. The, the, this data is the, the so in Bristol, average listing price, they've set at 400,000. To continue the example of Connell's, they believe the average property on Connell's book would sell for 401,417. But is that data based on Connell's sales performance or their entire um, portfolio of instructions they brought to market in the period? So the way that, so again, if I can go one step back to go two forward so we can build the picture, okay? So an average property that is worth £400,000, how much do they put it on the market for? On average, We're going to go CJ Hull to start okay. with. On average, 1.16% over what they think it's worth. And then CJ Hull then achieved from the original asking price, 1.96% below. Which means... You could say, well, take one from the other, but percentages go over most people's heads. So to use your phrase, if CJ Hull put a property on the market for 400 grand, on average, they would get 396,690 pounds. Ocean Home, 399,947. But my question, Chris, is this data based on their sale performance? In this which case... Well, this is... Ba so basically what happens is, the 20 EA look at the property when it comes on the market. They then see what it goes on the market for. They then see what it sells for with the land registry and then work out the numbers. Does that answer so, your question? Sort of. So what it tells me, because I obviously I've, I've now I've latched onto Connell's, this graph makes them look like they perform well when they get it right. But it yes. doesn't account for the fact that they actually have such a significant withdrawal rate. So the the argument is, when they get the price right, they get the price right. But actually, yeah. based on the previous graph, they get the price wrong an awful lot. Yeah, this is the stuff that the stuff they actually sell. Okay. All right. The stuff they actually sell is is they get it right. So that's a lesson that lesson learned there. You've got to get them right, but it's the number they're obviously losing a lot, which means they're getting the price wrong on those. Yeah. Okay. But there's a huge difference here between different agents. So again, if I was one agent to going against another one. Now, again, what I would say is this, this is not going to help the upper quartile agents because, again, the upper quartile agents are going to, you know, let's look at our friends, Richard Hardings. They're at 396, but again, they're dealing with the upper quartile. So we'll just have a quick look at the upper quartile just to have a look. Now, again, what's going to happen is the, the price is not going to change a huge amount, but you can, you know, but again, you get a flavor of the percentages, but it's a shame that figure doesn't change. It doesn't. That's just the way it rolls. But again, I don't think there's anything there that, that, that's particularly scary, good or bad. Okay, let's move on and look at how quickly the agents take to sell the properties. And you can see here that LF, the blue line is how long it goes from new instruction to sale agreed. And the pink line is how long it goes from sale agreed to completion. So the agent who seems to sell the quick, quickest house is Elephant. And then afterwards, so therefore, on average, from new instruction to completion, Elephant do it in 157 days, CJ Hole 167, Boardwalks 168, and if we go to Connell's at the top, 208, and Taylor's 210. It takes on average 47 days to find a buyer in the last year from new instruction to sale agreed, on average 132 days from sale agreed to completion. Okay. Any questions on that one? No, no. Let's go and look at uh, lettings. And the first thing we're going to do is let's look at stock levels. Okay, so these are the number of stock levels. So quite obviously here, 
in November, stock levels go up. So that's got to be the student market. Okay. Um, but so we can kind of ignore the student market just for a second. Let's just look at general stock levels. And you can see here that um, in February, the number of properties available for rent in Bristol has improved. So on average in February 23, 2,856, and now 3,242. Interestingly, the number of properties available to rent, and again, we showed you that in a previous graph, is growing slightly, okay? So we have been on a downward trajectory. We have now seen the last couple of months an upward trajectory, not much, but a little bit, okay? Um, let's go and have a look and see which agents seem to be uh, moving and shaking. So let's look at new instructions. Again, look, there you go. New instructions seem to be pretty level. Average rent since 2009. Again, here's a nice one. So in 2019, the average rent in Bristol was, here we go, wait for it, 1,245. And in the last year or so, it's been, here we go, 1,905. So that, again, a great bit of kit. So again, you could use this data to create some graphics for, for yourselves, just to show you, to show that you know what you're talking about. Okay, let's go back. Let's just see who now again. Let's just look at see what Open Rent have been doing with regard to their new instructions. Here we go. Just wait for it to kick in. Let's just see where. And again, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. In Bristol, on average, four percent in twenty nineteen, and now we are at eighteen percent. That is quite stark, isn't it? it so, is, yeah. Okay, let's go and look at CJ Hall. These numbers are going to be pretty static because we're not bringing new properties on. We're just recycling the stuff that we do. Let's go and look at Ocean. Letting Game. Letting Game. What a name. Great name, isn't it? Mm. I, I pick the phone up. I always try and pick the phone up to the agents concerned just to let them know that the show's coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, real nice guy that I was talking to. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah, real nice guy. Okay, let's go and look at Andrews. Now, interestingly, I did pick up the phone because I always like to do my homework on this and because this doesn't match what I see with Andrews, okay? Because I know some of the senior guys. I don't work for them. I just know them. And what is particularly interesting is this, is that they've actually said is because there's almost too much demand coming in, you know, put a property on the market and you get 50 phone calls, people weren't being able to do the job correctly. So therefore, a lot of agents were holding off putting the properties on the portals yeah i can believe it i've heard that a lot that not everything is being released now they just don't they don't need to the demand is so high what i would say ladies and gentlemen again as i said i'm not be, get, receiving any kickbacks but there's a wonderful bit of kit by a chap called mike nettleton who is actually an agent from shropshire and he's got a bit of kit called agent response and when an agent receives a, a right move report a right move request for reviewing it auto sends an email back saying fill in your details and attach your credit history and a little bit about yourself. So all of a sudden, 50, 50 emails, with which probably a quarter of them were done on a drunken night because they had a few too many cans of special brew. And if they haven't got a credit report, there's a, there's a link that you can go and get your free one. All of a sudden, 50 go down to about four or five. So you're sorting the wheat out from the chap. I don't know if you've come across that then, but it is. I know, Mike, I'm in the same property academy group as him. Um... But I th yeah, I, the, the, my big takeaway there is special brew. I haven't heard that in years. You just, yeah. yeah. There you Classic. go. Classic yeah. reference there. 
There you go. All that to the student days, eh? Rock yeah, living the dream. Okay, living that dream. Let's go look at Sarah Kenny's. So again, we can, we've got to take this with a slight pinch of salt, ladies and gentlemen, uh, simply because, and again, looks like digs are a student lets. Quite obvious. Let me guess that's November. There you go, mime reader. Uh, let's go and look at uh, Chaplain Matthews. You've done this before. Something like that. There you go. It looks like flat line. They look like oh, it. They look like it. Again, one of my specialist subjects is attracting student landlords to swap letting agents. That does take a lot of time and effort, but it does work. Okay. Uh, UBU. Let's have a look at these guys. They're student, obviously. Look at the spikes. Property outlet. We'll just we'll go down to number twenty. Bristol Property Centre. Okay. We'll keep going and then we'll leave these. Oh, looks like uh, Taylor's are great. Well done, Taylor's. Connell's. We'll just keep going to 20, just so the people watching can see. Have a look. Again, just notice how the price changes. Again, if you're missing yours, just roll that black onto YouTube. Uh, Kendall, and we'll finish off on House & Co. Here we go. Good stuff. Right. Okay. Okay, Ben, so you, I've given you the treat of some new graphs this week, and I will continue to find you some more awesomeness to to for the next time that you join us in five or six weeks' time. Um, what are your final thoughts with regard to what agents should be doing in this sort of market? I think um, I, th I think it's a, it's about mindset this year. Actually, I mean, I think most years it's about mindset, but sometimes the market can just can just take control. Um, in a positive market, you know, I've said it a load of times. Somebody else said this line, and I ripped it off. A strong market makes a weak agents. So I actually look at 2023. It was tough. It galvanized. It, it forced people to get back into a proactive way of working. What we talked about today is really positive. Like you just, you, you know, I'm sure people can pick holes in it, but I look at market conditions right now in a very positive way. Um, my view is that we can get complacent about what's happening out there so you know the price reduction conversations the price change conversations the relentless feedback to your client if they're not you know if they're not under offer in three weeks i would be you know at point of instruction i'd be structuring in the feedback and price adjustment conversation at day one not i'll just give i'm going to give you feedback on a weekly basis that's, that's just not enough um the educating of the consumer and the constant reset that the world is not spinning, you know, we're, we are, all right, stock is up 20%, but is it up 20% in your business? Is it up somewhere else? And if it's up 20%, why not go after 30%? Always push for more. But I think the education piece, your own team, yourself, look at this data, that's great. But stock coming to the market, we need to look at what gets you sold, not what gets you on the market. Um, you know, no one's paid on listings, uh, except at the agency UK right now. Good new initiative they've launched, a little tip of the hat to them. Um, but, the, the, you know, we're not here to list, we're here to sell, we're here to do the right job, get, expose the property and get the best price. That 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 tough conversation, I see that as a difference between good agents and great agents, that they relish that tough conversation because that's that's what gets the property sold a lot of the time. So that, that, that that's our focus in our business this year, education, education, education. We must make sure the consumer knows where they are. They cannot be a lag and they cannot be thinking spring market, more money, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We need to, this is, we don't want to be historians. We're economists. This is where we are right now. This is what you need to get sold. Get really comfortable with that. Use some of this data. Use the tools that are available. I think it'll be a great year, but a great year because you go get it as opposed to 
a great year because the market sort of does good things. I think that's that, that for me. That's that's our focus in our business. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You can see why we invite him back on a regular basis. Ben, you've been exceptional as always, but more importantly, you, the viewer, um, we thank you for your time and effort of watching the show. If you've got any areas that you want us to look at, we have a long list, but we're always looking for more. Please do suggest them in the comments. The graphs can all be downloaded, as I said, on YouTube in the description. Just download them. You can use them both internally and at valuations, but not on social media. I have to keep something back for my clients because uh, my daytime job is writing the articles on the local property markets. Um, thank you for your continued support. And I will see you next week for week nine of UK Property Markets, that show. Uh, so let's wave goodbye, Ben, and we'll, uh, we'll see you in a few weeks' time, mate. Cheers. See you soon.